Hey, welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is your host, Madeline Moon, and I'm here with the amazing Mel Wells today. Mel Wells is a Hay House author, speaker, and coach at The Green Goddess Life, which you can find at thegreengoddesslife.com. She empowers modern-day women to stop dieting for good by adopting a healthy, loving relationship with food in a brand new lifestyle that reflects this. Mel has sparked the goddess revolution, which is taking over as the new anti-diet. This is not a fad diet or set of rules to follow, but a revolutionary new way of thinking that will help women to end the war on their bodies, start embracing an incredibly rewarding relationship with food, and become happier and more fulfilled than they ever thought possible. Tackling very modern issues, including Fitzbo, Fitspiration, and the obsession with perfection caused by celebrity culture and magazine airbrushing, Mel speaks in a language that modern-day women can relate to. I love that. Ask and Hello, Cosmopolitan, Women's Health, Heat, Closer, New, The Daily Mail, and more, Mel has also built up a client list including celebrities, actresses, and models, and reality stars, helping them quit dieting and transform themselves into goddesses too. Mel's book, The Goddess Revolution, published with Hay House, is now available for pre-orders on Amazon and will be out on June 7th. Mel is a gem. I'm so happy that there are women out in this world, first of all, to come on this podcast because I wouldn't have a podcast if there weren't such amazing people out there in this world. But secondly, because she's doing such awesome work in this world, she is killing it with like what? Celebrities, actresses, models, reality stars, helping all of them stop dieting. That's what we need more of because they are the people that our young children see and that we see and that our mothers see and influencing all of us. So it's so nice to know that there are people that can reach those people that are in the spotlight so that they can set an example for younger eyes or people watching. So I'm really grateful for her work for doing that. We have such an amazing conversation today. Before we head on over, as always, here is the review of the week. This comes from Lou Review. She says, full of wisdom, humility, and freedom with five stars. I'm a longtime listener of the podcast and also work in the body image, food freedom, and life coaching arena, of which Maddie is an amazing voice and inspiration. I faithfully listen to her podcast each week and appreciate her judgment-free zone. I'm so impressed with her ability to ask questions her listeners are dying to hear the answers to and value her honesty, kind spirit, and wise insights. I recommend MBM to most of my clients and friends and wouldn't give it any less than five glowing stars. Maddie is humble, gracious, brilliant, and bold. Do yourself a favor and check her out. Lou, that was so sweet. Thank you so much. I am so blessed to know you and to have you in my life, and I so appreciate you writing this review. It means a lot to me. So remember, guys, anytime y'all leave these reviews, it helps my show get up in the rankings aka more people find it, hear this message, and the hard work that I put into it, anywhere from five to seven hours per episode, um, which is all free for y'all, that's just one simple way to help me um, get this message out more since I am putting on all of this uh, delicious, fun work into this show. So regardless, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate your comments, your support. It all means so much to me. So thank you. Okay, I don't think I have any more announcements today. I'm just thrilled to have this podcast to give to you guys. So let's go head on over. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon. 
a former fitness model gone sane, and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with the beautiful Mel Wells, who is known as the goddess of the goddess revolution. And I recently was introduced to her after doing a summit with an awesome host. She connected both of us. And I've just been going all around her website. And now it seems like we have very similar stories and backgrounds in certain areas, but lots of different places we can explore. And her passions are just so vast and she's a wonderful light. So I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Maddie. It's so good to be here. Yeah, this is wonderful. I have a great feeling we'll have an amazing conversation. So before we get into some questions and learn more about um, the disordered eating side of, of where you've been and the goddess revolution, tell us about your history. I want to hear all about your journey. That is where the heart of this podcast really is, is the places that you've been. So lay it on us. <laughs> oh, are you ready? <laughs> Oh, well, let's see. I grew up wanting to be an actress. I grew up with stacks of confidence, really thought that I was the bee's knees, you know, kind of would strut around school thinking that I just had it all and um, really thought that I could do whatever it is that I wanted to do in my life, which was to act. And um, when I left school and went to college, um, I didn't really have any friends, I didn't really know anyone, and I was surrounded by um, a lot of other, um, you know, aspiring actors, dancers, models, and when you're put in that environment and it's a brand new place, you kind of are very aware that everyone is quite, um, everyone is scrutinizing their own bodies, basically, and, you know, the, the difference between um, your body and someone else's body could mean you getting a job or not getting a job or getting a part and not getting a part and when it's all you've ever wanted to do and everyone else in the room it's all they've ever wanted to do it becomes really competitive and it becomes not the most healthy environment for body image for young girls especially for young girls that are literally like 16 17 probably just you know developing those curves and growing into a woman really um for the first time so that change of environment and that um kind of overwhelm and and feeling out of my depth is really what made me um I guess what kind of started knocking me um and I just lost a lot of confidence in that environment really I, I went from someone that really felt like I had it all to someone that was just determined to shrink and I thought that shrinking would um, make people like me. I thought that dimming my light and, um, you know, trying to fit in and, and, you know, belittle myself a lot and pick myself apart, I thought that, I don't know, I thought that would um, get me more friends or make people like me more. 
don't know. But um, but yeah, it kind of basically turned into me in this complete battle with my body and just convinced myself that if I was smaller, if I didn't eat, you know, if I was perfect, followed the perfect diet, then I would um, achieve my goals faster, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And would you say that there are people kind of rooting you on as you did that, like influencing these behaviors, saying, yeah, that's the key. You have to keep making yourself smaller. How's your diet going? Like encouraging you with that? Yeah, I mean, I I kept I kept it quite secretive when I when I was doing. I mean, I did so many extreme diets, and obviously that that was what really turned it into um, an eating disorder, which lasted a long time for me. Um, so I was quite secretive with it, but um, but yeah, there's it's totally like it was a really competitive environment. So um, it was almost like they we we wouldn't kind of share things with each other like that because we wouldn't want anyone to to get ahead it was really twisted and weird when I think about it what about family members like people that were like rooting for you to get parts were they at all influencing this behavior or was it secret from them as well like secret from everyone not at all like my my mum has always been like really a good healthy role model and really just like really encouraging in all the right ways but not pushy and um she saw me kind of um being secretive with food and she sussed me out I mean I don't know if if you remember but this is probably like this is probably going back like 10 9 or 10 years ago and um social media hadn't become such a such a huge thing and do you remember I don't know if you remember but like for there's a lot of like online forums for like um for people kind of suffering with eating disorders to go on and encourage each other and Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. really damaging and I found myself in this online community talking with all these people that I didn't know Um, and it was just awful sick twisted all just um, just blogging about how little we'd eaten that day and our weight and um, it was just horrendous but um, my mum actually I actually left my computer on like snooze and she'd been into my room and, and turned it on and she'd seen this this website and she was horrified. And this is when I was 16. So um, she knew from from then really and she was horrified and she did everything that she could to, to drag me away from that kind of world and really tried to, you know, keep an eye on me and make sure that I was being fed really healthy, lovely meals and... But uh, I think you, I think you know, when you've got an eating disorder, you're only really ready to be helped when you want it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much truth. But that's so great that you did have a supportive mom who helped you just nourish your body and see that you don't have to eat like little amounts to be worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is so true. You have to come to that realization on your own. Otherwise, it just feels like a rebellion. Like, you know, you understand people want to help you, but it's like, no, you don't understand. Like, there's still, like, this denial that you're going through. Totally. And, I mean, she took me to a couple of – she took me to a therapist. She took me to a – she took me to a hypnotherapist, actually, as well. And um, both times I was kind of, like, there in spirit. (laughs) Like, I was there because I was like, yep, okay, let's give it a go. Like, but I was still there reluctantly. I wasn't, like – it wasn't, like, me being, like, right, let's 
freaking do this because I'm I am ready like I am I am doing this committing to myself it was just like a yeah I guess so and then secretly like wanting to stay stuck really mm-hmm. um so years and years later when when I was you know able to start my recovery journey it, it was all it was all me it wasn't someone pulling me into it you know yeah so what happened next you were in this stage where you were wanting to be an actress that's what you said correct yeah yeah, yeah. so you- yeah so I was at college um basically what happened was I left college and went into a UK soap opera so I like really kind of unusual thing to happen but I got like a really great acting job literally like a few weeks after college um and went up and lived in this new city like by myself I was 18 and started working full-time um on a soap opera which was like amazing um but I basically went from um at college I was very much like doing as much as I can to not eat anything so I'd starved myself down to a very very um low weight and when I started working on the soap um the opposite happened you know I changed my environment again and I felt super overwhelmed I had young girls recognizing me in the street um from being on tv every night and it freaked me out and I couldn't deal with it and instead of um my eating disorder um you know, instead of it getting worse and me eating less and less and less, it actually went the other way and I started binging really badly. So um, I started just using food to numb every kind of emotion, every kind of feeling. Um, I turned to it constantly. I was just in this relationship with food, like this obsession and addiction with food. Um, Literally, sometimes I would just lock myself in the flat and just binge all day and only leave to get more food. Um, this turned into bulimia. I was throwing up all the time. I was taking laxatives. I was ordering diet pills. God, I literally was doing it all, just abusing my body every day. Um, and I just felt completely out of my depth, to be honest, completely out of my depth. Um, and this went on for, for years, really. Um, the producers even called me up to the office um, at one point and said, Mel, you know, we've noticed on screen your weight has gone like drastically up and down, up and down, up and down over the last like few weeks. Like, what are you doing to yourself? Do you need someone to talk to? And even that like wasn't enough to make me to make me crack. Even that like the thought of even just losing like that job, I was still I still couldn't. I still couldn't get out of it. I was just addicted to it. It was all I it was all I was. It felt like it was who I who I was. Wow. So um yeah, this went on for a long time really and it's only really my first wake up call was when I was 21 and um my dad got diagnosed with cancer and he he got given 4 months to live. Um and prior to that moment and um, what followed on from that prior to that all I'd ever known about food was how to like how to abuse it you know how to how to either not eat and like eat every diet thing out there or drink diet coke all day or um, you know just eat things that have no calories or whatever um, or just just binging so I didn't know anything about real nutrition or real health or how to look after your body 
But um, my dad being told he had four months to live and he was dying of cancer made me just, God, I suddenly was like, well, I need to know what cancer is. I need to read about cancer. And the more I read, the more I realized how much we as a nation are making ourselves sick by the food that we eat. And um, it's only really then that I started educating myself on nutrition um, around how we can lower lower our disease risks really is how is where it stemmed from so with your dad's cancer was that related to the way he was eating with food i mean yeah it would have been it was pancreatic cancer um that had already spread to the liver and the the main cause of pancreatic cancer um is eating a lot of processed meat eating a lot of salt drinking a lot of alcohol and he was he was very unhealthy you know he lived off ready meals and he drank a lot and he ate out all the time like he didn't ever exercise he he really didn't take care of his health um but yeah sure like definitely like cancer risks are like so much higher if you are eating a lot of processed foods a lot of meat a lot of dairy you know we we can so improve our chances and so lower our risks if we are eating more alkalizing foods you know real natural foods from the earth um and I think, you know, this information is a lot more out there now, but back in 2011, it wasn't really like, you know, this the whole like food blogger scene hadn't really started. People weren't really talking about um, eating for, for lower your cancer risks or eating to prevent disease. That wasn't really being that widely discussed. So I felt like I'd really uncovered a massive secret, but it was too late for my dad who at that stage, like he couldn't even, couldn't even keep any food down. Mm. Well, first off, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's so, so tough. I, oh, it gives me goosebumps. I'm sorry to go through that. And I find it, I guess, interesting to hear that when this huge thing happened in your family, you became more interested in nutrition mm. instead of coping with fear and anger and upset with food more. So, well, <laughs> okay. Like, you know, I was gonna well. say, am I misunderstanding? Maybe you did. Is it was was yeah. it a combination? Yeah. Yeah. So like that. I mean, if if only that had cured my eating disorder. Mm. <laughs> you know, what I was I like, mean? what an interesting cure. Yeah. No, totally didn't. Um, what it did was made me more hungry for information on nutrition. It made me want to train as a health coach. It made me want to you know understand more about food. But when I had all that understanding what it essentially did for me was just gave me a new set of rules to follow mm -hmm. and gave me a new diet to follow. So I found out that veganism was like the, the best diet for low, lowest cancer risks. And I was like, everybody go vegan, you've got to go vegan. Meanwhile, I'm still like weighing myself every day, stressing about food. Instead of binging on chocolate, I was binging on dates and almond butter. Um, so it hadn't really addressed my actual relationship with food. It had just changed the food itself and changed the rule book, if you like. Yeah. So then you fell into orthorexia, right? Or not quite? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't really call it, I wouldn't say it was orthorexia, but I definitely just became very much like, um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it that, but I was just definitely just obsessed with it. And, you know, um, basically just kind of went around telling everyone and anyone who would listen to me that you know you have to you have to eat like this you can't eat like this you have to eat like this um 
and just wasn't really paying attention to the fact that I was I mean I was still bulimic you know I was still carrying around laxatives in my bag I was still making myself sick after any meal that I felt guilty about it was I was really kind of living a lie um you know I had healthy I had healthy food going into my body but I didn't have healthy habits or a healthy attitude or mindset around my body mm-hmm. or around food um so um yeah I mean the biggest change for me happened when me and my ex-husband um we we started having when we were together we started having serious talks about um having a family being like me being a mom and that's something that I have always wanted like I feel like being a mom is like such a blessing um and I've always wanted to be a mom and it's only really when we started having these deep conversations about and discussions about actually doing it that I kind of just almost like just smacked me awake and went how on earth are you going to be a good mum if you're doing this to yourself and how on earth are you going to expect to go through pregnancy and deal with your body changing and bringing a little girl or boy into the world when you are doing this to yourself and it was just like such such a wake-up call and that for me was what made me just really commit to myself and I just basically made a massive promise and commitment to myself to focus on being healthy rather than being skinny. Um, I made a commitment to throw away my scales and stop weighing myself, stopped caring if I'd gained a few pounds or lost a few pounds and just focused on making my body a healthy environment um, so that when the time was right I could grow a baby in there and that's really what healed my whole eating disorder was was focusing on on growing love inside my body I find it much uh simpler maybe not easy but but simpler to break through disorder eating or heal your heart from this these issues if you have a bigger purpose like like yours like Mm -hmm. with kids and wanting to have them and and have them grow in your belly, raise them, be a good mother. For other people, it could be saving a marriage or mm. um, just like connecting more with God, whatever it may be for someone. Like it's so much easier slash simpler to go through these like huge life changes with your food when you realize that you it's this is such a small thing in our huge world. There's something mm. so much bigger and you are part of this design and Mm. your food issues are holding you back from all that and I realize I just said easier and I meant to say just simpler but yeah your these food issues are holding you holding you back from accomplishing these things and it's up to you to say you can't you don't want to take part in that anymore it's not part of your plan you are in control it may not always feel like it but you are Mm -hmm. yeah completely I completely agree and I think you know often times we don't realize that our relationship with food and our issues around eating or our disordered eating patterns can actually be pointing to the things in our lives that need addressing. They're actually pointing to the things that we need to take a hold of and, and get get in control of, you know, and get our, reclaim our power back. How do you think that you finally put away the idealistic body of thinness or being skinny as your goal how did you start to ignore that besides just focusing on having a family what other 
things that you have to remind yourself of or do to stop thinking or obsessing over being skinny? Yeah. So I, one thing that I started to do is I started to pay attention way, way more to how my body was feeling. So I would start eating foods that made my body feel good. I would start exercising to make my body feel good. I stopped like looking in the mirror after every workout. Like I stopped like obsessing or like holding up my t-shirt in the mirror all the time um, to stare at my belly. You know, I I made like a conscious effort to stop doing that and start actually focusing on how I felt from the inside instead. Mm, that's a good one and it's tough like I, I have for the past two years I've taken a hiatus from and you can probably relate to this because I read one of your recent blog posts on going to the gym solo but I have taken a hiatus off of the gym like just any typical gym mm-hmm. like I go I used to go to CrossFit then mm-hmm. I started doing pole dancing <clears throat> just for fun then I started doing um yoga a lot like just mm-hmm. so much and recently because I'm the type of person that like always is bouncing around I just realized yeah. that about myself now for a long time it was nothing but the gym for like six years and mm-hmm. now I'm so like tainted from just doing one thing and being the girl oh, that does one thing that totally. I go through phases and for for a while it was hard for me because I was like Madeline you're a quitter if you leave CrossFit already you've got to keep lifting weights like you're getting good now but my mm. heart was like I want to do this dancing thing and financially yeah. I can't keep up with like five different Everything. memberships yeah. so I kind of oh have to yeah, yeah I have to pick one And I stick with it for a while and I was getting really good at pole dancing, like climbing up high, being able to do these cool combos. And then I realized that I was staring at the clock from the minute I got in, like waiting Mm -hmm. for the class to be over. And then I was like, okay, this isn't good. It means that my time here is done. (laughs) What else sounds good? Then I went to yoga and been doing that for the past several months been loving it. it's been so good but now I don't know if it's like a season thing but it's summer and I want to be more just like moving my body more intensely yeah so I I just last week went back to a gym and mm-hmm. I've tried a few times in the past couple of years to go back to one but I was going back to the same type of gym I was going back to 24 hour I don't know if you'll have those there Mm-hmm. But it's like a Globo gym. And I was going back to that. And that's the same gym that I used to do when I was doing fitness competitions in my darkest days. Yeah. And so I had to stop that. And that was like a year ago. I, I quit that. But I went back to a different one. I went to a different one here in Colorado, a very like cool gym. I really like this one. It's very bolder. Everyone's into endurance, not not so much solely focused on looks um and I've been recently going back and it's been a different experience finally it's been a good one going back I'm like Mm -hmm. this is fun I'm doing like a mixture of weights and I like walk on the treadmill or just move my body however I feel like it for that day but I do notice there's just mirrors everywhere and that was the nice thing about CrossFit and yoga there were Mm -hmm. there weren't mirrors like wall to wall to wall and the ones I went to there were no mirrors at all so I really just focused on my body and now I'm back in this atmosphere where everyone is just running on like a hamster wheel and like lifting weights and looking at themselves and it's easy to just get back in that flow of like Mm. lifting like looking at yourself in the mirror and it's like I do not want to do that I don't want to think negatively about my body but I I also don't want to think positively as in like doing a certain move and then looking at myself in vain and just thinking like oh I look so good there like I don't want to do that either I just Mm. want to appreciate 
that I'm there in that moment moving my body and it's just I think it's difficult in some atmospheres unless you're consciously like you said focusing on not doing those things yeah I mean I totally agree and I I get where you're coming from completely and I you sound like the same as me honestly (laughs) because when I was really you know like as you said in your darkest days when I was in my darkest days I was obsessed with the gym and I would go and I would pound away on the treadmill I had no idea what I was really doing in the gym I was just Mm -hmm. going and looking at the numbers Mm -hmm. so I was just on the treadmill for like two hours till I'd burned a thousand calories (laughs) however long it took me um but so yeah I was obsessed with all the numbers so I'd be at the gym constantly um and then I did like hot yoga loads and loads and loads of hot yoga um and it took me a while to go from being obsessed with hot yoga to lose weight to actually going to yoga for much better reasons um so my journey with yoga has kind of gone from the physical to now a much more physical yeah but but more of a spiritual and more of just like a mental thing for me like I go someone said it to me the other day and I thought it was brilliant and he said so basically you go to yoga not to build an ass but you go to yoga to get your head out of your ass and I was like (laughs) yeah that's basically exactly it Mm -hmm. um but yeah, no, I, my ex was a um, big, big CrossFit guy. Um, so he got me into CrossFit. I did, I did a load of that. But I, I'm the same as you. I bounce around. So like I did CrossFit for a while and then, and then I'm like get to the point where I'm like kind of feeling like I'm making myself go now and I'm kind of not up for it. Um, so over the winter, I literally just didn't do anything for three months. Um, got back into yoga a little bit, um, you know, went swimming. Now I'm really like the sun's just started shining here. Like, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to London or the UK, but we don't get a hell of a lot of sunshine. <laughs> so when it, when the sun starts to come out, it's like amazing. So I've started going running again, which is like, which I just love running. Like, But I think the main key point here is move your body how it how you want to move it at that time like move your body how it feels good to move it you don't have to do one thing constantly for years you don't have to do one thing and then be the best at it you can dip in and out and do what feels good to you you know if you like if you want to run go for a run like if you want to go do a weights class go lift some weights if your body wants to feel strong go make it feel strong if your body wants to feel agile and flexible go do a yoga class I think you know when people get super obsessed around their food and their body they they stick to one one regime with you know whether that's the gym or their weights or their yoga and it becomes like a religion um so I think having the flexibility to be able to go eh, I don't really fancy that tonight I think I'll just stay in or nah I think I'm over this I'm going to try something different I think having that flexibility um, and giving yourself permission to do that is really important if you're trying to get out of a um you know an, an addictive mindset exactly exactly we're so alike it's so funny <laughs> when you were saying like you would go on the treadmill f- until you burn a thousand calories I was like I did that for like like a year of my life just like running aimlessly like not even knowing what I was doing just until I saw that number and it was just day after day after day um it's grim (laughs) I love I love that what your advice though definitely just do what feels right in that day and if anyone right now is thinking okay that sounds great I am too sick of doing blah 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 but I already paid for this month and I might as well use it okay you do not need to go (laughs) And I'm Mm -hmm. saying this because like if anyone is considering to stop what they're doing and there's that whole money thing like I already paid for 
um, my membership for this month. I already have half of a month to go. I remember being in that same spot where I was transitioning from one thing to the other and I was just realizing I was miserable with the certain thing I was doing but I had like two weeks left and I couldn't get out of it because I already paid for like two weeks and I was talking to one of my good friends who I've had on this podcast Katie Dale about and she was just saying like your time your energy is something you will not get back money comes and goes like f Mm -hmm. that don't even worry about the money like pay attention to your heart and what you really want to do and if if you have a company that's paying for your gym membership you're not really enjoying the gym it's okay like that's great they're paying for the membership you do you still don't need to go you don't have to go you don't have to do anything your heart is not into doing period doesn't matter like forget the money like just be happy and use your time wisely I agree and you know I always say to to my clients you know if it feels like if if the idea of letting go of it feels like a sense of relief then you know that that's what you've got to do yeah like if you're forcing yourself to go to the gym or wherever because you've paid for it or because you feel like you should I'm sorry but that's that's bs like if you if you're forcing yourself to go then you're not going to enjoy it you're going to resent it and the truth is and I've been there if you're forcing yourself to do this kind of things it will often even like it will result in a binge or in something like that because you are resenting the fact that you're going or you're going you're telling yourself oh you know you did so well you didn't want to do that but you stuck through it you know you pushed yourself therefore you deserve blah 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 so I think you know in any case if you're forcing yourself to do anything that you don't want to do it's just not good for you in the long run it's not good for your relationship with yourself. I'm trying to think of how to phrase this question because it's difficult when I think about how I'm going to talk about it, but in my mind, it makes perfect sense. So let me see if I can get this out correctly. Mm-hmm. So it's particularly like that post you're writing about going back to the gym and working out. Okay. In your mind, do you feel like you ever struggle with holding on to stories about yourself? So for example, you used to go to the gym. You used to do it obsessively. It wasn't it wasn't like fun. It wasn't really good for you in that time, but you still kept doing it over and over and over again. Okay. Now Mm -hmm. you can go back to the gym, but -hmm. do you ever tell yourself a story in your mind when you're doing it? Like, oh, but I'm the girl that takes this too far. So I have to be extremely careful how much Mm -hmm. I come to this place. Or I guess this is like option C or whatever. (laughs) Do you go and you're just like, I know who I am now. This is fine that I do it. I can tell my followers like, it's cool if they know I'm going to the gym and like I don't I'm not worried about uh, following into old habits or other people thinking anything about me does that make sense yeah totally okay. totally makes sense um good job on the question thank you <laughs> but um yeah to me like when I think back to how I used to be it genuinely feels so far removed from from who I am now so it genuinely feels like I am looking back at a different person and that is the story that I tell myself, you know, that is the story that I consistently replay over and over to me is that's who I used to be. Oh, that was a bad time. That was when I used to be like this. It's, I, it, I'm never telling myself the story of this is who I am. What if, what if this happens or, you know, I'm just like, absolutely. Hell no. Like, that is that is not who I am that is someone that I used to be which is now so far removed from where I am and it's almost like I I I tell myself that story so um 
so loudly, like I tell myself it so regularly and so often that it just becomes, it is just the truth. It really is the truth. And so I can quite happily go on a treadmill now and I can be running for five minutes and the calories are there and I just literally just look at it and go, I'm like, meh, I literally don't care. I, and it doesn't affect how I eat. It doesn't affect anything else. It doesn't affect the rest of my workout. But do you know what? Like I would never go on that treadmill for an hour like I used to. I can't think of anything more boring. My <laughs> God. Um, but yeah, no, I, I still love changing it up all the time. So I love doing gym classes now. I do like being coached, coached through it. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, it's just a case of, you know, you decide the story that you tell yourself. So, you know, I think when, when you're living with an eating disorder, it's quite, um, common for us to get kind of sucked into a little bit of a victim mentality. Um, and I definitely saw that with myself, um, when, when I was in that place. And I think, you know, we have to just kind of remember, you know, we have one precious life. So what do you want your life to look like? What do you want your story to be? What story are you telling yourself? Because the story that you're constantly telling yourself is your truth. Like that will become your your reality. Exactly. Yes, that's so beautifully put. And I'm realizing the same thing about myself. And I think I'm asking you this question right now because I'm going through it right now because I haven't been really back into a gym doing the same actions I would do before and have such a different experience. And it's hard for me to know exactly how to express it, especially like on this podcast, for example, or to my followers, just like simple things like Snapchat or Instagram. If anything ever like this comes up, mm. it's it's important for me to be able to express like the difference between then and now so people know that there is hope, that there is change that can happen um, that it, it can be different. And that if you're someone that is experiencing that in between land where you're taking the break, it doesn't mean you'll never be able to do those things again. It just means you need to take some time. Mm -hmm. For me, it took years, it took years yeah. before I could do the same kind of actions without having the same mental turmoil, completely different totally. experience. So different. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, there's, there's a real good, um, crossover here with some kinds of foods. Um, you know, if there's certain foods that you have had real issues around and real addictions with, then, you know, it might be, you know, it might be that you can literally not go near them because of that emotional attachment and those, those memories and those associations. Um, and that's fine. And, it, but it might be that in a few years, you know, you can come back to it and you can happily eat that whatever it was, um, and go, do you know what, I'm actually fine with this. And this is such a big turnaround to come back to this place and realize that I've completely changed and I'm in, I'm so cool with it now. Mm -hmm, exactly. So your whole business, your, the, the design you have going on, it's called the goddess revolution, right? Mm, Tell yeah. us, what does that mean to you? What is the goddess revolution? So actually, when I started, um, when I started my business, when it was a blog, it was called the Green Goddess Life, and it was the Green Goddess Life because green was, you know, about eating more plants, having more greens in your diet, and goddess was about teaching women that they are allowed to feel good in their bodies. You know, teach women that they deserve to to feel amazing and without having to wait for a certain number on the scales for their life to begin. Um, and this has really turned, you know, as I've gone away from the nutrition side of things and more into the food mindset, you know, and helping women really understand and 
revamp their relationships with food, it's just become all about celebrating the goddess because so many women that are trapped in cycles of starving and binging or diet after diet after diet, they do not, they're not appreciating their bodies. They're not appreciating, you know, the, the, the goddess that they, that they really are. Um, so I think that's really what I wanted to, to, to bring across with, with this message is, you know, that, that all women are born goddesses, but when we're dieting and consumed by all these thoughts around food and our weight and our body, it blocks us from happiness and it blocks us from that, that, you know, what we're supposed to be receiving. Yeah. And I assume that, you know, experiencing a goddess revolution like embodying a goddess that's something you have to do every single day it's like not something that you just think about once you just listen to this podcast and then all of a sudden you're Mm. like okay but it's every day you make the intentional choice to honor yourself honor your cravings honor uh the way that your body wants to to move who you want to spend time with that's super important Mm. what do you want to do with your life all of those things it's part of this exactly and it's it's really is all about you listening and connecting again with your body because you know when we're spending all this time in disordered eating patterns um or just like dieting constantly you know we are so disconnected from our bodies when we're doing that we're just following a set of rules following a meal plan being like right this is what i'm doing you know control willpower discipline and we're completely switching off from that intuition which is like one of our greatest gifts that we have as humans so this is really about tuning back in to, to who you are, to, to how you want your life to look and honoring, exactly like you said, honoring your body. Mm-hmm. And you have a book coming out about this, right? I do. My book is out with Hay House in six weeks. Oh, um, Yeah. So it's called The Goddess Revolution. Uh, make peace with food, love your body and reclaim your life. That's yes, I'm very excited. That's so exciting. That's that's. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Thank you. That's big. So before we wrap this up, we have a quick fire round and Uh I'm stoked about it. It's one of my favorite parts. Um, But before (laughs) we do that, can you let my followers know where they can find you? Of course. Yeah. Um, If you go to melwells.com or thegreengoddesslife.com, you can find me. I'm like hovering between two websites at the moment, getting one redirected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I'll give you the link, Maddie, and sure you can put on your when you send this out to your to your peeps. You got it. It will be on the show notes for this podcast episode, and this is episode 98. So everyone listening, you can go to maddiemoon.com/mbm98 and find all the links. Okay, quick fire round time. Number one, what are two materialistic things you cannot live without? Mm, powder I like um powder for my face um (laughs) so I I have like a fear of shiny face so that would be one um materialistic what else do I have that's materialistic oh my phone of course it's just attached to me yeah I was gonna ask you about your makeup too because you're I was just looking at like all your pictures like you're just whatever you use it's really looking good on you it's working for you I like it so it's powder thank you very much now I know 
yeah, I try not to use like the um like a lot of liquid foundation. But um it's really I think my secret to to skin I mean I would say like food obviously is a massive massive deal, but I have this amazing cleanser um which is made with all like organic products and I honestly think that does way more than any makeup does. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'll send you the link. Yeah. <laughs> you can put it in this if you want. I will. Well. <laughs> I will. Everyone if you want to check it out, it'll be on there. Okay. What does body freedom mean to you? Oh, um, body freedom means the freedom to live my life on my terms and not be told what to do or how my body should look. What's a must-read book? <laughs> my book, The Goddess Revolution. <laughs> what is one more? One more that we can okay. get like today if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, Light is the New Black, Rebecca Campbell. If you could interview anybody, dead or alive, who would it be? Mm. Ooh. I would love to interview Chris Carr. Oh. I feel like you should do that. Mm. <laughs> I did. I actually met her very briefly um, when she came to London last, and we had like a 10-minute chat, but oh. I would love to interview her, yeah. Nice. What is a future dream that you're working towards? Um, a future dream that I'm working towards, I would like to work with a thousand women in my academy. So I launched my academy last year. I had 108 women come in and then I launched it again in December and really bizarrely had another 108. Um, so I would like to have, I would like to have worked with a thousand women through, through my academy. That's what I, that's my goal. What is the best movie you've watched in the past month? Mm. Oh, I watched The Beach with Leonardo DiCaprio recently. I have heard about that movie so many times because, I mean, <laughs> I just went to Thailand. I was on the beach that that was filmed and all yeah. the girls were talking about it. And then they all watched it one night when I went to bed early and then they talked about it the next day. So I heard all about it and I really want to watch it. Like, I, I need to watch yeah. it. Basically, just watch it if you, like, really want to go on holiday. <laughs> yeah. If you really want to get away, just watch it. I mean, I'm going back to Thailand now in, in three weeks. So, I mean, it, it applies still. So I have to watch it. <laughs> Definitely. Favorite way to unwind at the end of a long day? Oh, hot bath. Bubble bath and a book. 100, 100%. Sometimes a glass of wine, but mainly the bubble bath. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's the next country on your list to visit? I am going to where am I going in two weeks I'm going to be in Spain on like a press trip for the book and then I am going to be in Bali for the whole of July running my retreats oh my gosh that's probably when I'm going to be there no way yeah Yeah. I'm going to be in Bali for the whole of July so oh my gosh we are going to hang out oh my god we're so gonna hang out I'm so so excited where else in Bali are you staying um I probably um I don't know I don't want to say this wrong on air but a bud is that how you say yeah. it yeah 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 okay are you there for the whole time I have no plans like I want to go to just the cool spots in Bali like I am I bought a one-way ticket and I think Bali is the the last like place that we're definitely visiting we have all these other places but we're gonna go first and then like kind of probably probably end with Bali and that'll be during July so where are you going oh to be? Well, I'm. my retreats are in Changu, which is in a different part of yeah. the island. But, we want to go there um, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's come and, come and visit. Oh <laughs> come and visit. So, yeah, my I have my retreats in this villa that I have in Changu. It's like not, not that I have. It's not like my villa, but obviously 
where I hire. Um, but a bird is like further up the island. And basically, as soon as the retreats are done, I was going to come travel around Bali a little bit more by myself and come to a bird as well. <laughs> um, so. This is so exciting. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I am okay. We're going to definitely stay in touch throughout the next yeah. few months. And, and when you're there, let me know. And when I'm there, I'll let you know. And then we'll make it happen. Definitely. Okay. Currently, what is your favorite meal? Um, oh, eggs and avocado together. Like that's just that on its own with like black pepper and salt. <laughs> mm-hmm. So good. I do that all the time. If you could challenge everyone listening to this to let go of something, what would that be? Mm, let go of the scales. Like just chuck them out. Yes. Yeah. Last question. Is your closet minimalistic or is it packed? Ah, I'm working on this at the moment. Okay, I'm really working on this. I'm really putting a lot of time and effort into this because I just moved house and realized how much crap I own. So I've gone through my entire wardrobe and I'm getting, I've got rid of five bin bags so far. Whoa. And I'm still going. So I'm trying to make it super minimalistic because as you know, when you work for yourself, when you work from home, you don't even get to wear all this clothes that you buy. You yeah, know? <laughs> it's so true. It's, you don't even wear them. So I'm like, I'm checking out so much stuff at the moment. So yeah, I'm aiming for more minimal. It's so true. And that's something I wish, like, that's probably, I know I, I have the capability to put on a nice outfit and work in my my living room, but my schedule is so relaxed that a lot of mornings I like to work out around 1030 so if I get ready at like 8 or 9.30 with like nice makeup and clothing, I'm just going to have to take a shower right after I go to the gym, mm-hmm. you know, and then I have lunch and then I normally have like another podcast recorded. I'm still in my living room. So it just like, it bums me out. But at the same time, it's really nice because you can get away with a super minimalistic closet and not need much stuff, which is like awesome. And I love that. So Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, that is the end of the quick fire round. And I just have to say thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to meet you. And this was a wonderful episode. And I'm just delighted to have some of your time. So thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right, everyone, to get the show notes for this, go to maddiemoon.com slash mbm98. While you're there, if you haven't yet downloaded my free book, 10 Proven Steps for Ending Any Diet Obsession, you can do exactly that. And I will be back next week as always. See y'all later. Bye.